0: Hey, let's give the Lord high praise right now. Shout on this side. Shout back here. There's people in their vehicles. Just shout or blow a horn or do something. Let everything that hath breath inside, outside this tent, we come to call this holy ground tonight. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, tell your neighbor, look, tell about three people, say, you're on holy ground right now. You're on holy ground. One of the best things about coming to tent revival and swatting some mosquitoes and doing without air conditioner and padded seats is when you go back home Sunday to church, you can say, thank you, Jesus. We don't know how good we got it. Sometime we got to come figure out how good we got it. But God's good in the sanctuary. He's good in the Dollar General parking lot. He was good at Marshall County Correctional Facility the other night. He's good wherever you're at. I'm going to let you be seated if you'll turn one more time and tell somebody you love them and that they're going to help you worship tonight. Tell them, say, you're going to help me worship tonight, I hope. Woo. fuse is lit I didn't know it but I guess I was here in 2020 when y'all started this but down here do y'all know this big fancy restaurant used to be here called Flix you had to have VIP status to get in Flicks. me and Bishop Wilson used to go down here and get on the back of a flatbed 18 uh, wheeler trailer Any of y'all remember those revivals? And we would do this at night. We'd do this like Friday and Saturday nights. And I remember, I'll never forget Bishop Wilson telling me at various times, he'd say, Come here, reach up in this window and lay your hands on this man and pray. And God was filling people with the Holy Ghost in their vehicles at flicks. So this church is not a stranger to evangelism and knowing how to reach people and using various methods, but we still believe that there's only one message, and that's repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sins in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and I believe somebody's going to receive the Holy Ghost tonight. I just, uh, if you're here and you don't have it, that's the main objective, is get you into a place you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I believe I heard them say that we have a baptistry set up on site. So uh, we'll baptize you in the name of Jesus tonight. We won't check your credit score. We won't see if you got a visa. We, we're not here to see if you're legal, illegal, if you got felonies on your record. Matter of fact, if you got all that, that's some bigger reason to be baptized in Jesus. Ain't that good how God just includes you? Come by faith. Now, I'm going to tell you, you have to already know this. I love and appreciate Pastor John Voskis. You got the best of the best of the best. Him and Sister Sarah. I mean, wow. Come on, Brother V. Toot your own horn over here a little bit. Uh, uh, he and I have traveled this country together, and I can, I can tell you some funny stories, but I loved landing in the Philippines getting out of this little minivan and everybody started laughing and they said there comes Big Show and John (laughs) Cena but they listened to us preach and they thought we were WWE or whatever kind of wrestling superstars but we went and preached Jesus to them and I appreciate Pastor B not just uh, uh, working as pastor of this church, but still lending his ministry to the kingdom of God and for you allowing him to do it. So we love you, Pastor B. I love you by the work. Everybody that, can you imagine in the wilderness, they were setting this thing up, Moses, and they were setting up a, t- a tabernacle and a tent everywhere they went to. Can you imagine that? So uh, I, I just want you to lift your hands with the Lord. I'm going to preach to you a little bit tonight. I know this church loves preaching, so i I'm going to do a little preaching tonight. Uh, We could just start flowing and doing all kinds of stuff, but we're going to stick with the word of God. We're going to stick with a sure word of prophecy tonight. So we're just going to lift our hands to King Jesus right now and just ask him, would you ask God to speak to your heart? Just say, hey, God, talk to me a little bit. I want to hear something from you. Would you pray that right now? Would you just say, Lord, I want to hear a word tonight. Anoint the preacher. He needs it, but I need to hear something from you. We're gonna take about 20 seconds before I get into this and we're just gonna lift our voices like that. I hear a prayer in this house. I hear groanings in this house. Ooh, I hear groanings in this house. Groanings that cannot be uttered, groanings. There's a spiritual groaning in the earth right now, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, let's bathe this place in prayer. I believe to tell you God's heard your prayer and your fast, and now we're just birthing something on out. Jesus, the spirit of prayer to us tonight, Lord. The spirit of prayer, mighty God. My sweet brothers and sisters, we're in the end of this thing. You don't have to have great eschatology and great biblical understanding and a lot of theology to understand if you put your finger on the pulse of what's happening in society and the world right now. If you've been around church any amount of time, everything they told us was coming, we are now watching it unfold right in front of our faces. Now, I don't know if I have maybe a sick sense of humor or if there's something wrong with me. If so, would you pray for me? Uh, my baby girl is here with me somewhere, Carly, and she and I can laugh about all kinds of things, and, and her mama looks at us and says, y'all knock it out, y'all straighten up, y'all hush, and, and so sometimes you can laugh about things that other people cry about, but it's amazing how we're watching all of these horrible events. Now, I'm not here to, I'm not here to gloat over anybody dying, I'm not here to gloat about anybody's catastrophe or famines or plagues or sicknesses, but isn't it amazing how us apostolics, when we see all of these things happening, while other people are saying there's no hope, this is terrible, we say Jesus told us this was coming. Right before He comes, this comes. Ain't it amazing how in the middle of the shaking and the quaking and the devastation, we get out here at tent revivals and say, hallelujah, this is the sign we're looking it looks like a bad sign for the world, but it's a good sign for the church. Every earthquake, every volcano, every attack, everything that's demon, everything that fights us is another sign. We're getting a little bit closer. Look at somebody and tell them you're an end-time apostolic. You're an end-time apostolic. You're an end-time preacher. Whether you want to be it or not, you are. And, and we have just entered in on the Hebrew calendar into the year 5784. Five, seven, eight. Eight, four. The number that changed on this year uh, around September the 15th, uh, we're in the days of all right now. We're in the 10 days of all. And the number that changed on their Hebrew calendar was, was the three went to a four. 5783 has now become 5784. I'm just going to touch this for a moment and tell you that we're in the '80s again we're back in the 80s we we went back to the future we're back in the 80s again and the 80 in the Hebrew gematria uh, it has to do with a mouth it has to do with an open mouth ain't that amazing that here we are at a time that, that people are being censored and shut down and told that we're not speaking politically correct let me tell you I'm not trying to speak politically correct I'm trying to speak biblically correct What we really need right now is churches and people of God. New converts, if you just got here or you've been around the church for decades, we need you to get around good, solid, Holy Ghost preaching and say, that's right, preacher. I don't care if they kick us off of Facebook for this. If YouTube don't want it, preach me what thus saith the word of God. We need the people of God to come around the ministry right now challenge us and say preach to me preacher don't tickle my ears don't play games with me don't just try to tell me that I'm going to be a millionaire get on my toes if you have to and I'm going to have to poll this audience because because I I don't make a living out of trying to offend people but this is the 80s is the year or the decade rather of the mouth of the open mouth and it's the devil's job to try to shut it. Now, now, now I, I'm, I'm, I'm really asking this in all sincerity because, because I don't believe everything is a heaven or hell issue. Hello? Did it kick off again? Everything's not a heaven or hell issue. But it might be a revival issue. And to me, that's just as important. Now I believe, now I'm going to tell you what I believe Let me see what y'all believe I still believe there's going to be a thing called a harpazo A catching away A rapture of the church Now that's what I believe Now if you don't want to believe in that and go with that You you don't have to But let me just see your hand up You still believe biblically That Jesus is going to come catch his bride away I believe that I, I, I believe that with everything in me that, that we could be, this, this, this could happen. Paul said, we shall not all sleep, meaning all die. He said, he said, the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout. If God's gonna shout, we might as well shout. I said, we got a God who's a shouter. He shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel. I wish you could see the angel standing around this tent tonight the voice of an archangel and the trump of god and the dead in christ get to rise first but then he said it like this and we which are alive never died listen to me There's a group of people who will never die when Jesus comes back. They will be alive at the coming of the Lord and they will be called up to heaven. Now, what are you preaching, Brother Jay? Isn't it amazing? Wouldn't it be wonderful if you went to heaven and everybody come up wanting to shake your hand and say, you're one of them. What am I? What? You're one of them who never went through the grave. You just went through waters of baptism and repentance and when the trumpet sounded in the moment of the twinkling of an eye. What are you saying? I'm saying we ought to be the greatest praisers that's ever been in the kingdom. We're reserved for such a time. We're they who may never die. We may never have to have a funeral. We may never have pallbearers. It's, it's no different. We, uh, my, my. You can be seated. Uh, we, we, we're thinking about Sister Rose's family and how many funerals this church. Uh, uh, just about every time I'm here, when you have a church this side uh, that's connected to the community, like I've been preaching this church for close to 20 years, and every time I'm in or around here, there's always a funeral connected to it. But we have a hope. We preach with a hope. So let me, let, me, let me tell you about that hope. That hope is that in the year 5784 on the Hebrew uh, civil year calendar, the number that changes is the four. 5783 becomes 5784. Four, four uh, uh, on the Hebrew alphabet is, is the letter dilet. Delet. And here's what it means. It's symbolized by a door or a gate. You know what I like about this tent? ain't no doors on it. Ain't even really no windows on it. We just got it rolled up to say, just come on in. The house is open. I'm very excited about what I'm seeing happen in the apostolic church right now. Now just hang with me because I'm going to preach this, but I got to make a statement to Bethlehem because God has given you an open door. Oh, yes, I'm I'm telling you prophetically. God has presented this church with an open door that wherever you want to go, wherever you want to seize, whatever you want to take, God is saying, if you get in my will and seek my face, I will open doors to places that have been shut for decades and years. They couldn't get through it. But God said, I'll give you the prison door. I'll give you the jailhouse door. I'll give you the courthouse door, the schoolhouse door. I'll give you the banking door. I will open up doors. I'm trying to tell somebody back here, this is the year of an open door. If, are you ready? If you have the open mouth, you get the open door. The 80s are an open mouth. 84, it said, because you've got your mouth open and prayer, I'm going to open up the door for you in destiny. It's not time to become a quiet church. I'm so glad that what I'm seeing happen among us as, as God's apostolic church in this generation, in this hour, I'm so glad to see that we can be who we are, but we can reach who we're not. Oh, I'm gonna rewind that again. Let me. Find, brrr, I'm so glad we can remain who we are. We don't have to change but the revival God's going to give us will be criticized for it because we're going to let people come around us who they say they're not like us. I know. That's why I know it's got to be God. Why would they want to be around us? Because we got Jesus and we used to be them, but now we're us and they're going to become some of us. The writer said, such were some of you, but you've been what? Hey, apostolics, make room. Drug dealers are coming. Hey, Apostolics, make room. Prostitutes are coming. Hey, Jezebel, we're going to take your whole row out and fill it up with crackheads. You can be seen to tell your neighbor, say, We're not after your money, we're after your soul. We're after something way more expensive than your money. The Jews understood that that four. In in Hebrew, every letter is associated with a number, and every number with a letter. And dilet for the four. The Hebrews, the Jews understood that dilet indicates resistance. Resistance and a state of selflessness and humility that's needed to pass through this door. I told him on preach, I guess they put it up here. Look at how fast they are. I'm talking about a door the devil can't shut. You know why he can't shut it? Because he didn't open it. You know why he can't set you down? He didn't stand you up. You know why he can't close you? Because he didn't open you. You know why he can't stop this revival? Because he didn't start this revival. There is no way that God can start something that the devil has an answer for. Paul said it like this. He said, there is a great door, effectual, and there's many adversaries. In other words, if you're gonna walk through the door in this time that God is opening up to us, you're gonna have enemies gonna try to talk you out of it. Mm -hmm. Can I preach to you just a minute? Man, I was so blessed uh, preaching Brother Kevin to those men the other night watching the Holy Ghost touch those men and watching their hearts and and the conversation I got to have with them. I I know this because I started preaching in prisons and jails and nursing homes long before I got to go preach at all these other places. I was preaching in the jails to people nobody else wanted to be with. And, and, and just the other day I come home and, and I step back in my home church, which I'm not there much, I stepped in and Sister Mangan asked me, she said, "Baby, tell me where you've been, what's been going on?" I said, "Well, I've been preaching it I, I named a place." And she said, "My God, where's that at?" I said, it's way out in the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma. And I started telling her uh, what God done. And she, she, she turned around to a row of people. And she said, do you hear what this boy is saying? She said, do you hear these people receiving the Holy Ghost out in the middle of nowhere? And then she locked me in a strong grip. And she said, you know why God is letting you have revival? She said, it's because you're going where nobody else wants to go. And you're touching people nobody else wants to touch. She said, if you'll just keep doing that, he'll send you where everybody wants to go go. I come to tell Bethlehem you know why you're having revival? Because you're taking people nobody else wants. Nobody else wants them but we'll take them. If you don't want them in your church, we'll take them in this church. Matter of fact, we might trade you some people. We'll take two I'll take two crackheads recently filled with the Holy Ghost for your one church boss right now. We'll do it. You're going to have some criticism if you're going to get through this door. Tell your neighbor, say, he's finishing to preach to us now. Listen, tell him. He said, there is a great and an effectual door, but there are many adversaries. They're going to be standing there saying, what you going through that door for? What are you messing with that for? I told him the other night at the prison, I said, you can always tell the size of your assignment Is always determined by the size of your adversary. Let me say this to you again. I'm going to slow down for a moment. The size of your anointing and your assignment can always be prophetically revealed to you by the size of your adversary. See, the devil fights you from the level he knows you're about to come to. He doesn't fight down up. He fights up down. Matter of fact, he fights on the level that you're stepping into. Let me explain it to you. David was just a shepherd boy. He's just a guitar player, man. This dude, is he's out here tending to his own business. But David, before it's over with, he is being fought oh, by the highest office in the land. King Saul is trying to kill shepherd David. Oh, I'm visiting to preach to y'all. Why are people up here worried about people down here? Because the devil knows these people down here are about to come up there and do it better than these hard-headed ones who don't have a heart for the king. So your problem is you don't know who the real king is, buddy. You're not the king of Israel. God is the king of this people. See, David killed a lion. Well, why? Because he's from the tribe of Judah. He is a lion, so he has to fight lions. You're not understanding me, honey. When it, see, some of you wonder why every time I get on a job, the ball starts fighting me. You should really be excited about that when you get fought from the top down because what's fighting you determines where you're headed to. And if you fought by people beneath you, it mean means you're going the wrong way. This is why Job had the anointing of the entire city of Nineveh on his life. Listen, he didn't bring a praise team. He didn't bring an assistant pastor. He didn't bring nothing but a word from God. And there was enough anointing on on Jonah when he comes into Nineveh that he has one word to speak to them that amazingly he can turn that whole city upside down by himself with God. Look at me. Jonah has the anointing for an entire city on his life. So watch what happens when he gets thrown over the side of the boat. He doesn't attract the smallest fish in the sea. Because when you got a big anointing, you're going to have a big attack. (laughs) I'm helping some of you here that are saying I'm just a nothing or nobody. No, you're fixing to be somebody and so the enemy already knows what you're going to be. Jonah attacks a whale the biggest fish in the ocean attacks him why because he had a whale of an anointing so he was going to have a whale of an attack don't you feel sorry for people that ain't really under attack they have no problems they have no resistance because they have no doors if you have no enemies you have no doors but if you're going to get through a door you got to walk through 20 adversaries to get through one door am I preaching to somebody now that says go ahead devil trying to talk me out of it i am gonna go through the door in 84 Let, let me break this down one more time for you jesus was the highest office in the kingdom of light so he's not tempted by just a demon it's not a devil Satan shows up himself to tempt Jesus in the wilderness. Why? Jesus is the prince of that kingdom. So Satan is the prince of the kingdom of darkness. So the highest office attacks the highest office, but it's still no contest because our prince is greater than that prince. I'm talking to some Davids right now. The fact you're fighting giants should tell you you are a spiritual giant. The size of what's in front of you tells you the size of the door you're going through. You need to swell this place up with some praise. The size of your devil determines the size of your level. Okay, let me read a scripture to you. Revelation chapter 3 verse 7. You don't have to stand. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write these things, saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David. Just kind of elbow your neighbor say the key of David. Mm -hmm. Watch what he says about it. He has the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth and shutteth and no man openeth. Then he says it like this, I know your works. See, you're not saved by works, but you're rewarded by them. Hmm? You're saved by grace through faith. But if you're going to do something, you got to put the work in. Watch. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For you have a little strength, but you have kept my word and has not denied my name. Here's what Jesus said when he starts talking about open doors for the last day church. I don't have time to get into all the uh, seven dispensations of the church. Philadelphia and Laodicea kind of overlap, and that's kind of where we're at now. Never mind that. What matters is this, is Jesus mentions David when he mentions open doors. And he says, it's the key of David that I can open and give you access to these doors. Now, you don't have to, again, be a Bible scholar to know what David stands for. David is a praising warfare servant king. He's humble, therefore he's exalted. And God shows you with David, you exalt yourself, you get humbled fast. But also, if you humble yourself, you get exalted fast. Watch this. David, his name, if I said it, David, if I said David's name to you and spelled it out for you, it would be that same number four. It is Delet, Vav, Delet. David's name is spelled with two of that number four in it. Delet, Valve, Delet. He has two doors. He has two doors. One that reaches into the earth and one that reaches into heaven. Why is that important? Because David is a praiser. David does not have to be on a platform to clap his hands. David does not need a guitar in his hands. He doesn't wait till the light comes on. And then all of a sudden he jumps out and says, here I am, let me put on." he's not a performer, he's a praiser. It's what I love about this church, and I and, and if you if you weren't this, I would correct you and tell you in in love. But I appreciate you guys that get up here and sing and worship and do. It. When it, when Pastor told you you're not going to be, I watched him when he walked over. He said, "We're going straight to the preacher." I didn't them say we practice with You know what I saw him do? I saw him go right out here and said, "We'll go praise over here," and because they didn't come to sing, they came to worship. And they didn't come to be a play toy for you. They came to be a spectacle unto Jesus. I thank God for praisers that say, if I never get on your platform, if you never let me on the keyboard and the drum, I will out-praise you from the back row, baby. I will praise him from the... Let me get to this. Delet, Vav Delet. Vav has the picture image of a hook. It is a hook that gets into a door and pulls it open. Mm. Listen, I'm going to say this to you again. God is opening doors for us that he maybe couldn't have opened for us sometime back. What God is showing us, you got to remain who you are. And I'm going to let you reach those who are not like you. But you don't let them change you. You change them. Problem is, you got critics at the door saying, oh, you're going over there? Yep, I'm going over there. Well, why are you going over there? They don't believe like us. That's why I'm going over there. Well, they don't baptize like us. That's why I'm going over there. God has opened doors for this preacher over the last five years to preach in all kinds of denominations. It hasn't changed what I believe one bit, but I have rebaptized hundreds in the name of Jesus. And that's what you're doing here, folks. We're not being changed. We're going through a door to implement change. We're going to hook them. David was a door to a door. Listen to this. David made many mistakes. This is not who you want living beside you in Pox camp. He's a murderer, murderer. He's, he's, a, he's like a mafia boss. He'll bump you off. He, this is not, he's not a nice guy. On the surface. Watch this. He makes plenty of mistakes. But yet on the inside of him, he's got a heart for God. I have been amazed even lately at the people who look tough on the outside. But on the inside, they're coming up and telling me, they're saying, I believe what you're preaching. God's been talking to me about that. I'm talking about dudes that look rough. I'm talking about people that look tough. They look All these are their their shield, their defense mechanisms on the outside. But on the inside, they're crying out for God. I'm not going to stand in the way of them. Watch this. David made mistakes, but he had a heart for God and he was a worshiper. Watch the paradigm shift. Watch. Saul, on the other hand, Saul really don't make that many mistakes. He really makes one mistake. If you you take Saul's mistakes and David's mistakes, the balance is going to tip towards David because he's got a lot more that we know about. Really, Saul really gets the kingdom taken from him from making one fatal mistake. Kill Agag and everything of the Amalekites. Kill them all. He doesn't kill the people. He saves Agag, the best of the sheep, and Samuel says the Lord has ripped the kingdom out of your hand. He really makes one mistake. It's not about the mistake. It's about the heart of the man who made it because when you make a mistake if you're proud in it and you stand up in it and you put your chest out and say they made me do it it's their fault the world did it the church did it the preacher did it somebody else if they made me do it if you stand proudly in your mistake God will pass you up and he will replace you so fast with somebody like David who when he fails and messes up he just says God I own up to it I come to turn myself in I come to tell you God I, I made a mistake and you know what God said he said Saul one mistake you're out of here he never gives him another chance You don't read about it, but let me tell you about David. David makes mistake after mistake, and God keeps saying, come on back, because David knew how to repent, and David made himself, please don't miss what I'm fixing to tell you. David made himself valuable to God and to the kingdom because God looks at Saul, and he looks at David. He says, if I lose Saul, all I lose is a hard-headed, stubborn, prideful, rebellious, hard-hearted, non-worshipper, non-prayer. But if I lose David, even though he's got baggage, if I lose him, I lose all that praise. I lose all that worship. I lose all those 150 songs. I'm going to keep David. Can I tell you, you need to make yourself a man or a woman that when God gets ready to be done with you, he says, I can't be done with you. Your heart's too big. I'm going to give you 10 seconds here before I get to this one point. I want you to say, Lord, I'm going to become a praiser. You don't want to be without. If you lose me, you lose all this. You may see seated. We're fixing the, fixing the shift here. All men are born and created equal. But then what you do after you're born changes your status. I know people don't like to hear this, but God's got favorites. Not just based on them, it's based on what they do. Based on what you do or don't do determines how God might favor you. I mean, let's be honest. There's some people, if we've never seen them again, we're not missing much. I know from preaching in this church, there's people when I preach here, and they're not here. I think ah, we miss them. There's a hole in the service without them. Not that we can't do it without them, but there's other people that I've had people tell me they said in revival, "Hey preacher, I'm glad I got to be here tonight. Uh, I ain't been here for three nights." I remember telling one other day, I said, "We didn't miss you. I didn't miss you. I didn't realize you weren't here." Matter of fact, the night you was here was the first time I noticed you was here because you sit there, arms crossed, legs crossed, eyes crossed, spirit crossed. So the one night you was here, I was thinking, I wish he wasn't sitting on the front row. I'm ready to replace his seat with one of these people in the back who can get up here and give God praise and help So we don't need you, Saul. But David, we got to have you, son. You got to repent. You got to get it right. You got to come back to the Lord. God can't do it with He won't. You got the key. I'm winding down. Tell your neighbor, say, become a person God can't do without. I, I, you think I'm joking, but I mean, I am trying to become a valuable asset to the kingdom. And I'm not talking about lifting ourselves up. I'm talking about win a soul. Find a homeless person and buy them something to eat and don't put it on Facebook. Out here with the homeless on Skid Row. About to hook the brother up with a pizza right here from Giordano. God, it's what you do when nobody's looking that's going to determine what God lets you do when everybody's watching. Don't be mad when you see God promote some people. You know why he promoted them to public stages? Because they've been in secret places. And it's what you do in secret places, David, when you worship out here and ain't nobody even looking at you. Okay, here it is. Landing gears coming down. Whenever uh, in 2020 I was in Indiana when uh, uh, the pandemic hit, and I had been preaching just night after night after night, like three churches. And I'd preach in this, this one uh, smaller church. I went and preached for this guy, I didn't know him. I think I preached two nights for him. And I had like two nights off before the next service. And, and, and the Lord knows my heart what I'm saying. I'm being transparent with you. I was tired. I preached like eight nights in a row. I was just tired. And, and God knew I'd fishing him and go to my hotel room, put my pajamas on for two days, and watch basketball. I mean, I was just tired. I just, I, I, I wasn't going to go sinning, but I was just going to take a little break. I was going to check out mentally a little bit. I just, I just needed some time. And 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 I, I finished preaching, and I slid my jacket on to walk off that platform. And I remember thinking, man, the only preachers know this feeling. Whoo, I got it done. The pressure's off of me. It's done. You know, they're going to baptize some people. I'm going home. I'm going to chill a couple. I'm going to disengage from this thing. And and when I put my jacket on, I felt the Holy Ghost tap me on the. Shoulder, he said, "Please don't do it." I felt something check my spirit, and the Lord quickened me. He said, "He said, don't go on spiritual vacation right now." I said, "I said, well, What is it, Lord? What? what it? I could tell, like he's fixing to mess my whole ball game up." And and I said, "Lord, what? What, what is he?" Like, he said, "No, no, no." He said, "I'm about to need you more right now than I ever have." Now, I immediately said, now, this is the devil talking because God don't need me. I mean, you you think different about me. I know better. I'm mean, saying, you don't need me. And he spoke it to me again. He said, do not check out mentally on me. I'm about to need you more than I ever have. I, I, when I pick my phone up after that service, everybody's texting me, hey, uh, Indiana's on lockdown. They have shut us down. And I'm thinking, well, Lord, what, what is going on here? And, and I felt the Holy Ghost tell me again. He said, I'm about to need you right now more than I ever needed you. I need you to stay engaged and I said, God, why, why, why would it be me? And this is just how plain God let me hear it. He said, because you're all I got right now. Yeah, Sometimes God puts us in places, not because we're the best, not because you're the best preacher, not because you're the best singer, not because you're the best soul winner, not because you're the best giver, not because you got the most money. It's because you're the available one who is just willing to say, if you're going to you, I, I will do it. If you want me to go to pot, I will go. I, I will do. Is there anybody here that say, Lord, if you open a door? I know the devil can't shut it, but I won't shut it either. I will not shut a door. I got in revival and that first night. I went in revival Wednesday night, and pastor come to me after service. His son received the Holy Ghost, and we were baptizing him in Jesus' name. And he come to me. He said, hey. He said, you know that. He said, I'm getting the news now. He said, a lot of churches have closed down. And he said, that's fine. I understand. He said, but that's my boy just got the Holy Ghost. He said, this is my son being baptized. He said, He said, it's going to be hard for me to stop this with all these kids getting the Holy Ghost. He said, and the preacher, you don't have to do this. He he said, but tomorrow night, he said, if we just come, we won't even get on Facebook or nothing. He said, if we just have church tomorrow night, while God's filling people with the Holy Ghost, he said, would you come back? You don't have to come, but if you will come, we're just going to have church. I said, so we're going to be outlaw preachers, are we? He, he said, I don't want to get you in trouble. He said, but in tears, he said, but this is my baby's getting the Holy Ghost. He said, he said, I just can't, I can't shut this down right now. It's like God has opened, I said, I'll be here, doesn't matter, I'll be here. I mean, we'll, we'll go to jail together. I pulled in that night, I was thinking to myself, I said, won't be many people here. It won't be many people here tonight. It'll just be us, his family. I pulled on the street, the church was on, and cars were filled up in the parking lot. I had to park on the streets. I got out of my car, and I heard the choir in there singing. I was like, hey, hey, they need to be quiet. National Guard's going to come get us. God filled people with the Holy Ghost that night. We baptized them. He, he, he said, hey, preacher, he said, you know, it's getting serious. He said, we, there's a mandate. We're really not supposed to do this. He said, but, but he said, if you would, just don't post anything on Facebook. Just if somebody asks, you preaching at an undisclosed location gives me plausible deniability so i i i I'm, i said I'll, I'll come back i'll come back the next night i'm thinking we're going to jail we're going to jail we're going to jail i turn on the street where where the church is this time they're parked all the way down the street I get out in my car this time I hear the choir in there singing I walk. everybody I walk past their house sitting on the front porch they sitting on the front porch I'm like they're going to call the cops they're going to call the cops on us we, are going. we went in there and prayed people through the Holy Ghost again what are you saying preacher I'm saying when God opens a door the devil can't shut it your enemy can't shut it but you can shut it on yourself I believe to tell you, I believe in having good sin, but I believe God's about to give us an open door in this generation and he's going to say, are you going to leave that door open or what you're going to do? What will you do when I open up an effectual door? I'm closing my Bible. I'm done. I want you to be seated. I want you to lay your hands on your stomach. Lift your hands to heaven. I want you to call out and pray out. I want you to call out and just pray out for a moment in the spirit. Just call out in the Holy Ghost. Whoo. That's a beautiful sound. That's a beautiful sound. I robot Sika Yara La Maite. Oh. I'm telling you very prophetically. I'm not using any emotionalism. This is not coming out of my heart. This is not coming out of my soul. This is not coming out of my thoughts. I'm telling you from the spirit. God is opening doors. That's a very cliche. I don't like prophesying cliche stuff, but sometimes what a hook is in a song is the familiar part. Like if you hear a a song that is catchy, that means it's got a hook. It's David's name had a hook. That's why when we preach what we preach, the hook always comes back to Jesus as Lord. Hear words of the Lord our God is one. Jesus is God manifested in the flesh, and his name is above all names. And then we go on down with verses, but we always come back to that course. God is opening up doors to us. Now hear me. It's going to get you persecuted. You're not going to have a persecution-free revival. If it don't get you talked about, it's probably really not from God. But God sets dates and times when the door comes open. My job, your job, is to be standing in the line when the door swings open. We don't open it. We walk through it. I was preaching for the late bishop. Harris in Louisiana, I preach for him every year in July, and there was a, a, a lady there. Her her uh, uh, she was from Russia, and her husband actually had prayer. They prayed for him that night because his wife, her name was Savania, and Savania was over in Russia, and uh, it wasn't Vladimir Putin at that time. It was the other one, and the prime minister had shut Russia down. Nobody could fly in or out. So Savania had just been shut down in Russia for a couple months, and so we prayed that night. We prayed uh, for, for for this. her husband, prayed that God would open a door, said she's going to go and try again to get out, and uh, she, she stuck. And and while they were praying, uh, the Holy Ghost showed me a calendar come down in front of my face. And that calendar showed a date, and I saw a date circled on that calendar. When I got up to preach, I just told the church, and I have good rapport with this church. So I told them, I said, I'm not trying to tell you what to do or not to do. I said, but when you were praying, I saw a calendar, and I saw a date, which is about three weeks away. And the Lord told me that if she will go on such and such a date... That's the date of the open door. It's not going to work until then. That young man got on an email and he emailed his wife. He said, listen, he said just trust me what I'm fixing to tell you he said we're in revival and the Holy Ghost moved tonight and I know you want to go tomorrow and try this but don't even go try it tomorrow it's not the right time wait till such and such a date this girl goes on such and such a date she got her papers her passport when she got there she said there were two men that were on their way out she passed them on their way in and and, and they were crying they were upset and, and they said they're denying everybody they told her there's no use in even trying nobody can fly out everybody is grounded nobody is leaving she said well she said but 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 my husband said that God said today was my day they said no no no. it's no use in trying. the door is closed listen because the door is closed for somebody doesn't mean it's closed for everybody don't let somebody else tell you well I can't yeah you may not get through it it may not be your time your season she walked in there, and this is what she said happened. She said, I put my papers down. I started talking to him. And she said there was two men, she said, that, that were waiting on her at the counter. And when she explained to them she was trying to get permission to leave, she said those two men, for some reason, started arguing with each other. She said, they got into almost a fist fight. She said, they start uh, standing up. They squared off like they're fixing the fight. And she said, they start cussing and fussing with each other. And the one man looked at her and called her a name and grabbed the, the thing to, to put denied on the paper and stamped and denied on it and told her to get out. And she said, she left crying. She said, I walked out there crying. She said, but something happened. He made a mistake. He picked up the wrong stamp. And she said, I kept looking at it, and it said approved. Approved? She said, I got to thinking. Maybe I need to go back and tell him, I know you didn't mean to approve me. She said, but then I was thinking, God let me come at the, he knew when the devil was going to be fighting his own self. Can I tell you, there's no better time to have revival right now. While the world is fighting each other, you and I are stepping through a door and I come to prophesy. Bethlehem Church, God said, You're approved. I have approved it. Hey, I feel an approval in my spirit right now. If we have a leaper or a dancer, or a praiser, anybody that wants to help me get access right now. I, I just hear the Lord say, There's an approval. There's an approval permission access granted what's been denied is being open come on before i give this altar call over here on this side give god an approval praise savannah come out of there praising god she come out there everybody else was denied somebody all the way to the back back here Let the Lord know, I know there's a door open. I will go through it. It doesn't matter what they say. I don't care how I'm criticized. I don't care what I'm called. (laughs) Bring that camera here. If you're criticizing us, if you're running the church down, If you are talking bad about people at Bethlehem Church, if you're gossiping, if you got rumors or lies about what's going on in this church, please don't stop. We need you because we know where the critics are are right at the door of access. We need you to talk about us We need you to start some gossip and some lies. Please call us charismatic. We love it. Say whatever you want to say. We thank you for doing it because the more you battle us, the more God's going to bless us. So I need you to criticize. I need you to agonize. I need you to say it's all about money. Please do everything you can do because you're letting us know access granted. Let's raise our hands up all over this place. Access is granted. Access is granted. Access is granted granted right now. I hear you, church. I'm going to stand up here on this seat behind you, darling. Access is granted. If you want the Holy Ghost, access granted. You want to be baptized tonight, access granted. What's this young man's name here? Brandon, in the name of Jesus. I'm not gonna minister much tonight, but I'm just praying over Brandon right now. God's burning something out of his life right now. God's burning a spirit out of your life. Been attached to you since you were 12 or 13 years of age. But God said, He's changing your mind, changing your passions. There's a change. eh? A thing has left you a generational curse that marked you. Eh? It's losing its power over you. It's losing its power over you. I speak deliverance over Brandon right now. I see musical notes on his shirt, but I see musical notes coming out of your mouth and off of your hands as well. I see music. I see music coming. I see a powerful music ministry. You shall be delivered and free, and your testimony shall be known by people that know you. You will walk different. You will talk different. You will act different. You will be different. For as he did with Saul, you shall become a new man. If you want what I'm telling you, young man, get out of here. Come out of here. Come around here. I want you to praise God for a moment. Hey, just get up here and praise God. If you, if you believe it, if you believe it, then you just receive it. I am free. He that, he that the son sets free. He's free indeed. Right here, where Brandon is. Keep doing it, Brandon. I want everything in this house that needs to be delivered. If you're here, you need deliverance tonight. I'm talking about smoking. I'm talking about vaping. I'm talking about addiction. I'm talking about drugs. I'm talking about perversion. It doesn't matter what it really is. If you want to be delivered, I I call you down here right now. Come running. Stay right there, Brandon. Stay right there praising God, Brandon. If you're in here, you'll say, I got to have a deliverance tonight. Come running, lady. Come on, darling. Come on down. Come on. This is what this whole thing's about. God's about to break off smoking, vaping. I I keep hearing marijuana in my spirit. I hear marijuana. Marijuana is going to have to be surrendered. It's going to surrender to the blood, to the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it, Kate. Get in there with them. Anybody else want to be delivered? Move on down here. Come on, come on. Smoking, alcohol, whatever it is. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down right here. Come on down here, darling. Come on. Come on, right here. Come right here with them. Come on down here with them. There's deliverance coming. Come on, some of you Holy Ghost ladies, get behind these ladies. You ladies, raise up your hands. It's going to be all right. Step in here a little closer. We're going to pray for you. God's going to pour the Holy Ghost out right here tonight. Hallelujah. You musicians can come if you like. We're just going to let the Holy Ghost do what he does right now. We're going to pray over you in the name of Jesus. It's going to be all right. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. I release your blood that made atonement. I pray over this lady's mind and over her spirit. I pray over them, God, from the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet. Every destructive spirit must turn you loose right now. Loose and let go by the authority of the name of Jesus. Now take your hand right here and just lay it. Open your mouth, darling, and speak that out. That's the Holy Ghost coming through you right now. Step right here. There you go. There you go, Kate. Minister to her and lay your hand on her head right here. Pray in the spirit. Somebody tell me what this girl's name is. Reiko. When we start praying for you, Rako, I want you to let it out. We, we undo the spirit of death over your life. We undo the spirit of addiction and despair off your life. God's going to change your tongue and your taste buds. There's going to be a switch flipped in you. Let this be a season of restoration over your life. By the power of the name of Jesus, receive deliverance in the Holy Ghost right now. There you go, girl. Speak that out. That's the Holy Ghost speaking. That's the Holy Ghost speaking. Let that tongue go. That's the Holy Ghost. Let that tongue go. If you're here, you want the Holy Ghost tonight. If you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost, step up here with us and receive it right now. Raise up your hands all over this place. If you want the Holy Ghost, get as close as you can. We're going to pray for you. Come on, if you've never spoken in tongues, tonight will be your night. Tonight will be your night. Reach over and lay your hand on the shoulder of that person next to you. Just pray. Somebody help this lady in this pink dress come to me. This lady wants the Holy Ghost. Come on. We're going to pray. Some of you ladies come here. Come on, ladies. Help this lady in the pink dress come as well. Come on, young ladies. Help us pray. Raise your hands up. God's going to pour out the Holy Ghost. Gonna lay your hand on them and pray. God's pouring out the Holy Ghost right now. Holy Ghost being poured out up here. If you want it, if you're wanting to receive the Holy Ghost, put both your hands up so we'll know where to reach and pray for you. At. If you want the Holy Ghost, put both your hands up real high. Let God fill you with the Holy Ghost. God's pouring out the Spirit right now. Keep praying. We're about to turn these singers loose. Y'all get ready. There you go, darling. That's the Holy Ghost on your life. If you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus, we got water to put you in it tonight. If you want to be baptized, please walk right here to the front between that pole where we're at. If you have somebody that just received the Holy Ghost or they'd like to be baptized tonight, would you please bring them down here to the front? We're about to pray and let God heal some stuff right now. If you want to be baptized, please bring them right here to the front. Are you ready? We're about to let the gifts of healing flow here. I feel healing going into arms and limbs. Get ready to sing. If you're in this place and you're having bursitis or arthritis or tendonitis, something in your arm, something in your shoulder, your elbow, run down here right now. God wants to heal you tonight you're having a problem in your elbow and your arm across here, your forearm or something, put that hand up all the way through here. Anybody else, come down here right now. you're having a problem that's in your arm, your elbow, and your tendinitis, arthritis, come on, brother. God's going to do this. He spoke this to me today in prayer. He's going to heal limbs tonight. Lay your hands on this, brother. Lay your hands, all of you that need it. We release the healing virtue. Through the name of Jesus right now, according to the word of faith and the power of the name of Jesus, we release your virtue right now, Father. In Jesus' name, we say, be thou made whole. Be healed to the glory of God. Be thou healed wherever you're standing in this tent right now, and you need healing. When I say three, I want you to let a shout go up. Then y'all just sing, one, two, three, shout,